show will be tough. Now look here. Come on now. Now make it mellow. This is definitely one of those songs that make you want to dance. For sure. This is definitely one of those songs that make you want to dance. We gonna get this started though. Because we have stories to tell. This is like a bonus episode. Honestly, this I'm not sure this is gonna come out or not, maybe. But this is really just for me and my family. I think this is a story that needs to be told. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. Beautiful experience. Let me correct that because um, this isn't usually you hear the word story. People are making, oh, okay, so what's fiction? No. And this happened right here. I believe this definitely happened. So we're about to hear an amazing story with uh, my partner in life, my best friend, my love, my wife, my rock. And the mother of my baby girl. We got Jasmine here right now. Hey guys. I'm here. I'm the new mama sweet. New mama sweet. New mama sweet in the building. We had a amazing, amazing weekend. I don't want to put any dates out there because this may not come out anytime soon. But we had an amazing weekend with family and friends um, during our gender reveal party. Um if you have not been to a party that my wife throws, you have not been to a party. Because <laughs> she know how to throw an event, man. Like, I'm thinking, all right, yeah, family and friends, we're going to order some pizzas, have some people over, and just chill. Now, we had pizza, but it wasn't just like a Pizza Hut type of shindig. <laughs> we had a whole type of vibe up in there. How do you do that? Real talk, and and I, I mean, I know, I know, because I, I live with you. I've, I've been with you over a decade now. But how is it? Tell the people how you go about throwing events, like from the planning, like the vision of what you wanted to look like. I feel like every time you throw an event, from my wedding to even heck your birthday parties. I mean, it's just like it all seems to come together perfectly. You gotta walk me through that process real quick. You got to walk me through the process. I always think about the fact that we have so many circles of friends. And so everybody's coming from different backgrounds and different races. And we've just been blessed to have just different age groups and just so many different perspectives. And we're bringing all these people together. And some of them are family and a lot of them are friends. But I think about how can everybody have a good time? So all the way from visually what it looks like, is it aesthetically pleasing? Are people going to have a wow factor? All the way down to what kind of food will please everybody from a baby all the way to a grown person, grandparents. What kind of food is going to really spark conversations? And with this, we chose the Black-owned business here in Nashville, Slim and Huskies, And that sparked a lot of conversations because they are the first Black-owned restaurant on Broadway. So I thought that was really cool to incorporate that into the party. And then who doesn't love pizza and who doesn't love good pizza? And as for the grandmothers, they were all really thankful that it was thin crust pizza because they've been dieting since they were three. Yes, Lord. (laughs) 
Yes, it just Lord. I think about all those different aspects. And when it comes to the children, I we made sure we had bubbles. We made sure we had balloons and games for them to play. But it was also entertaining as parents because we incorporated a bar. So while the kids are running around blowing bubbles, the parents are throwing back drinks and having a good time. And also responsibly, of course. Yes, responsibly, but able to be in a safe environment where everyone is enjoying the atmosphere. So aesthetically and just just having physical presence. I didn't even see very many people on their phones yesterday. Honestly, I think I've, I didn't really even see very many people like tagging stuff on social media. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are saving stuff because I haven't posted yet. But I just think that like people were really having a good time and it was hot. So it was I even hot think and about, they were enjoying the moment to your point. Like they were just yeah. enjoying the moment, being yeah. present. They were yeah. being present at the time. I mean, Hannah texted me this morning and she said, Hannah's also pregnant and she texted and she came with her son and she didn't know everybody at the party. She met them from a few other parties but she was like, you throw the best events and I'm just so glad to be one of your friends because all of your friends and family are so welcoming but I think that the way that you can open doors amongst groups of people is to provide environments that feel fun and safe and free for people to be who they are. So I'm happy that I'm able to, that I have that gift to not just work the room, but create the room. And so that's kind of what I like to do when it comes to putting together an event. I was just walking through the event center with my sisters and we want to make the baby shower something really, really special, a high-class special event. So if y'all thought the gender reveal was it, the baby shower is going to be even better. But again, it's going to cater to... See, now you're going to make people jealous because people are like, all right, where my invite at? <laughs> um, you well, see what I'm saying? And you know, we honestly even wished yesterday for the gender reveal that we could have invited so many more people. So we ended up going live on Facebook and Instagram, which is not something that either one of us do. Facts, but again, yeah. we wanted like the circles of people that we are immense to be a part of it all. So... I think it's just, that's what I want. I want, even when we take photos, Olivia did an excellent job of capturing everybody's energy and just the candid, um, free, good time that we were all having. And I can share that on my social media and people feel like they were there. Um, I mean, you just mentioned, I haven't posted anything, but you just mentioned the amount of engagement and interaction you're getting on your social media. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people feel like they're a part of the story. They feel like they're a part of the event too. So um, yeah, I, and of course, I always think about when your friends and family travel, you don't want to bring them to an event where they've got on planes, gotten hotels, traveled three or four hours, some Mm -hmm. even more than that to not go home and really enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. So I think about that. My sister come, my sister and her whole family came from Houston and yeah. Valerie flew in from New York and Chris came from North Carolina. So I think they're all going back home. I mean, Chris even mentioned that he kept on taking pictures and sending them back to Megan. So yeah. everybody's going back home with the experience and the memories. So while we were there to celebrate Baby Sweet, um, Baby Sweet's got a whole network of people who will one day tell her that, you know, of this gender reveal when we found out absolutely that she was coming. So, yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. I mean, you did a fabulous job. And again, you know, for everyone that did travel, you know, my parents, your parents, got friends, family, uh, you know, we definitely want to make sure that people can walk away from an event saying, 
talking about it after talking about it good. Yeah. <laughs> after well, feeling they like they're a part of and it. Feeling like and they sharing are a part the of sentiments it. of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So um And this was also my mom's birthday. So one thing that, that I will tell people, um, especially those of us who come from larger families, is don't be afraid to share your birthday. Don't be afraid to share your holidays, which I think is something that my parents taught me young because I was born the day after their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm not selfish about coupling events together so that we can still get that sentimental time. So yeah. yesterday we still sang happy birthday to a gender reveal cake, yeah. but we made yeah. it work and everybody had a good time and felt loved and celebrated. So we opened up with Tighten Up, Archie Bell and the Drills. Now, that's one song that definitely makes you want to dance. Yeah. And uh, we've definitely danced to that song. I mean, I've been with you, like I said, over a decade now, and I've heard that song. I didn't know who Archie Bell and Drills were until I went to Jackson, Tennessee one day. What's up, man? Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Just pull up a little chair right there, man. Put it right there. But that was... That song is one of those songs that we'll be telling our family about, our kids about. We'll probably be playing that song for the rest of our lives because there's so much meaning behind that song. Um, so, so many memories. I'm smiling right now just thinking about it. I get goosebumps even thinking about this song. Tell me why that song is so significant. Or tell the people. I know why. <laughs> you you tell the people why that particular song is so significant. Archie Bell and the Drills tighten up. That song is my late dad's favorite song. So whenever we would have get-togethers, he would ask us to turn on that song and everybody in the house would be dancing to Archie Bell and the Drills. And he was actually a music promoter. So back in the day, he used to promote Archie Bell and the Drills. And so later on in life, he just played this song, Tighten Up, all this all the time. And it just has, the, the music is well orchestrated. The band did an excellent job for it to be like a production from the, what, 60s or 70s? When did the song come uh, out? Let me see. When, when did it come in? When, when did it Tighten Up come in? 67? Yeah, 67. 67. So it's mm-hmm. probably when my dad was about 10 years old that this song came out. And here he is as a 50-something, 60-year-old man asking at Thanksgiving and Christmas to play this song. And the whole family, the kids, everybody's dancing to this song. I mean, it's so, timeless music, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that 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 type of sound. Yeah, I mean, it's it just, just well orchestrated. Yeah. yeah. So, it's timeless music. So, I think that it has a soul in and of itself. Thanks. So, that's why it has carried on. And that's why we'll probably play this at our daughter's wedding and get out there and <laughs> dance with her. Absolutely. And she'll be embarrassed. She's going to be embarrassed, but it's happening. (laughs) Yeah. This is in rotation. But no, I mean, it it is a beautiful song. Um, And like I said, it it definitely brings back fond memories. But we're going, and to your point, we're going to continue to create memories. But back to that real quick. I mean, you said, you know, Pops was a promoter. So Mm -hmm. even from that aspect, I mean, you've Mm -hmm. seen events thrown. I have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that that is 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 not like you know. I feel like it's almost in in your blood a little bit. Yeah, it's like, definitely in my blood to bring people together. I mean, he could work a room. We're kindred spirits, though, mm-hmm. so we definitely carry the same soul ties in that respect. So even when I do get sad, it's not like I need to turn to sad songs about um, exactly. missing him because he was the type of person that played Archbell in the trails. Mm-hmm. And so I envision him dancing around and 
all of us dancing around. And that's well, even in tough times, every family has their moments. And even in tough times of contention in our family, I envision Archibald in the drills. Like a two, a couple days before the gender reveal, I was texting photos of my mom's birthday last year when we all got together in Jackson and surprised mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of neat that he was in music and that he was able to plan huge events for people with Casey and JoJo. He was one of the first promoters to actually promote Prince. Um, so many of them and put on a good show for everybody to go home. And people still talk about that Prince show at UT Martin, University mm. of Tennessee at Martin. To this, this man, day. This here, a legend. We got <laughs> we still got play bills. Yes, we still have to play bills. Still got, we still got play bills, man. That's beautiful. So listen, I want to uh, just go ahead and get straight to it. Um, as you all know now, I mean, Genderville's done, you know, mm-hmm. having a little bitty girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question was floating around uh, well, it wasn't floating around. You know, people ask you all the time, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you mm-hmm. think it is? You know, people were playing that game. And me and you, we had a um, uh, a conversation about a, what? About like a month ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. That'd be about a month ago. About, not even about what the baby is. It was a vision is how I'm, I'm going to interpret it about, you know, family. That's how I took it. It was about family. It was a moment of, you know, our ancestors. And I w- I've never been that type. I-, I don't talk that much about our ancestors and things of that nature. But this was a moment to where when you sat down and we talked about your vision, we're going we're gonna to get to it. It literally opened my eyes up. and was like, okay, yeah, ancestors, like our true loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the ones that, me, anybody can tell you, like, you know, these were the people that definitely looked after me and you, you know, were in this room. I'm, I'm not going to get to the details because I, I want you to do that. But inadvertently, at that point, I think we both knew. We didn't want to say it, but I think at that point, we both knew, like, okay, we're bringing a queen into this world. Mm-hmm. It was like that time period. So before you get into it, um, the song is by pronounce the guys nice. So the the the, uh, the uh, song is called Zombie, and it's by Fela Kunti. Am I saying that right? I think so. Fela Kunti. Mm-hmm. It's a twelve minute song. I'm gonna play just a little snippet of just a little snippet of it real quick, um, just so that people can have, people can have an idea of where we're coming from. Thank you. 
but this ain't a vibe, I don't know what a vibe is. Alright, there's just like a little snippet right there. Zombie. Stella Kunti, he is a um, Nigerian artist. Jazz. I believe, plays saxophone, vocals, keyboards. He was active from 58 to 97. Um, I mean, beautiful. Again, I mean, this is this is timeless music. You know what I mean? And it sounds so familiar to tighten up. Me and you was talking about it. So how did you even discover this song? This is where it begins. How did you discover this song? So the song chose me. Um and I just think it's ironic that this song is even called Zombie, which is just even more kind of... Hey, I didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> I didn't put two and two together. Continue, continue. It's even more kind of crazy. But um, this morning, we were at the breakfast table, and I played the song for my family. I'm going to just tell that part first, because it Go keeps it, we keep getting signs as to why this song chose me. And so Valerie, my sister's sitting at the table, and she says, oh, yeah, I know Fela Kuti. I love all his music. This is one of my favorite songs. But this is not a well-known artist to our family or, I mean, to my knowledge. I don't know anybody. Do you know who he is, Chris? <laughs> I never heard of him <laughs> in my life. I mean, he probably is super huge, but it, the song chose me. I just And that was Fela further confirmation even this morning after the gender re reveal that the song chose me. So anyways, I happened to be at the gym one day. Um, Real quick, before we get off of just him, I just want to get like a little background on him uh, because I, I, I think this is important. Um, so Kunti was the son of a Nigerian woman's rights activist. Mm -hmm. All right. He was basically Nigerian Tupac. Yeah. He, he was basically the Nigerian Tupac, but he was the son of a woman's activist. We're having a daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he passed away in 97 at the age of 58. Um, he was one of the first people um, to get into, like, real deal Afrobeats. He's, he's from Logo. So shout out to, like, Wiz Kid or people like that that, got, that, that you know. Um, Have come after him. Come after him. So I just, I just want to throw that out there so people can, you know, do your research. But I thought that was kind of huge. But go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Yeah. So one day I was at the gym, and this is in the first week of Black Music Month, and which is also ironic because, again, my dad was a music promoter. And so it's the first week of Black Music Month. I am probably around um, 13 weeks pregnant, and I was really sick. I was having a lot of morning sickness, but was still trying to incorporate workouts here and there. And so I wasn't able to do my usual workouts of high hit training. So I went to the gym and I just said, I'm just going to walk on the treadmill and watch movies. So that's just been my new workout routine. And my iPad died. And then I was like, okay, it's Black Music Month. Let me just go on the iTunes app and see what I can find. And I decided that I had been listening to a podcast about the quest love had where he was talking about listening to all types of music and appreciating like all types of music from the melody to the lyrics to uh, just the, the making of the music even. And so I just happened to click on Afrobeats, which was just a tile on the Apple app. And this song pops up and it had this beat. And all of a sudden I was like in this trance 
And I just started running. And I have not been able to run the entire pregnancy from since I found out around week six up until then, which was around week 13. And so I somehow just in the nick of that second got this strength or a second wind and then just went straight into this trans. I had no idea where this song came from. I never heard it before. I When I clicked on Afrobeats, I was thinking Wiz Kid, Burner Boy, something like that. I was not thinking a song from 1967 was going to pop up and carry me for the next 10 minutes, but it did. So I started running and while I was in this trance, all of a sudden my dad pops up and he is holding my little baby girl and he starts dancing with her just like he used to when he was, um, when we would all dance the Archibald and the drills tighten up. And he keeps on saying, oh, the little baby is just a little baby girl. I love my little baby girl. And he keeps on going on talking in baby mumbo jumbo to her. And she's giggling and laughing. And everybody is there and everyone's having a good time. But it's almost like we were on the audience. So every when I picture it, I think of like everybody that was at the gender reveal, like my mom, everybody that's still here with us and going through the physical aspects of life. They were, it was like we were all watching and we were all in the audience watching this happen. And so when he's dancing with her, um, my dad was the only, I was the only child that my daddy was actually there to see birth because I was born in 1989 and nobody was calling people to come to the hospital when you had a kid. But I, he was there when I was born and he would always tell the story of when he, when they had me and how they pulled me out and he was like, and I spanked you on the booty and you were like, ooh, look at my little baby girl. And so I guess it just manifested in this dream. And he was saying, oh, I'm so proud of you and Alex. And so then Alex's grandmother, who has also passed, she shows up and she was like, I'm so proud of Alex. I always knew he would do so well in life. And I'm going to cry because I haven't told anybody this dream but Alex. Um, And I wasn't even going to tell him because I was like, it's a daydream and nobody's going to believe me. People are going to think I'm nuts. People are going (laughs) to, nobody's going to believe me. So I, the dream kept going. I kept on running. I wasn't even paying attention to the time or panting or anything. Like I, I felt fine in that 10 minutes that this was all going on, I felt fine, which was not usual because I had been literally throwing up and just not feeling well for weeks now. So anyway, so my baby girl starts growing up and my dad is still there and he's still dancing. It's literally like a Cinderella fairy tale and he's like twirling her around and she's getting older and my late grandfather is there and Alex's late grandfather is there and none of them... They didn't know each other. I mean, Alex, my granddad had passed by the time that Alex had, uh, that I met Alex. And um, I think my dad may have met your grandmother a couple of times, but they somehow were all friends and they were all just like joyful about the baby and just so excited about the future. And so it's just wild because it's just how did they all get to heaven and then just somehow decide that this was going to be their party. This is like their gender reveal in heaven. And it's like they chose her as like, this is the soul. So I wasn't thinking any of this. I was just like watching. Like I said, I felt like all of us were out in the audience. 
And while I was running, I was just like watching all of this in the trans. And then as time went on, um, she got older and she was baby Beyonce, which is so crazy. I mean, she might be one day. And she was up on stage and my dad was like her tour manager. And he was like, you need to be over here doing this and you need to be on sound. And he was directing everybody. And um, he was like, this has to be perfect. She's got this to do. And he was just really like orchestrating everything from behind the scenes. And she wasn't worried about anything. She was just about to get up there and be the <laughs> baby Beyonce um, because it was prophesied for her. It was almost like they all, the ancestors, like they had prophesied this all for her up until that time. And so then um, she she's performing later on. And my dad's standing right in the pit, right in front of the stage. And he's dancing and she is dancing and we're all dancing. And everybody comes up on the stage at the end of it. And everybody's dancing and crying. And like your grandmother's there and my granddad and grand. And like, it's like, it was, it's like all the mortal people, all the people who are here in physical strength were finally able to be a part of the story. And then all the people who were here in spiritual strength finally got on the stage and everybody was there together, a part of her story. And so she was somehow like the median of like all of our lives. And so when it was at the end of the song, so this song went on for 12 minutes and I didn't come out of this trans until the end of the song. And when I looked up, I had ran like nine, I'd ran a mile in nine minutes, which I haven't done in my healthiest time. And so it was just so crazy that in my physical state, I was having this, this supernatural strength, which I always say God gives you a supernatural strength when you lose a parent, when you lose anybody that's close to you, God gives you a supernatural strength to keep moving forward. And so I felt the supernatural strength on wings <laughs> for that 10, 12 minute song. And I didn't know this is my first time hearing this song. So I had no idea how long the song was. Most songs are two to three minutes. So I, again, I thought I was listening to Burner Boy for two or three minutes and I was going to be on about my day with Kid and then whoever else is coming up after that. But this is a 10-minute song that was made in 1967 that sounds just like Archibald and the Drills that lasted for that amount of time, enough time for me to actually envision my daughter being chosen as a soul, prayed for and nurtured by the ancestors, given to us throughout her different stages of life until she's on a stage where she somehow merges the physical and the spiritual realms. And so all this was kind of overwhelming in the moment. And so I couldn't even, when I woke up out of this trance, cause I was awake, I'm running. I didn't even like, I was like, this is so crazy. Nobody's going to believe me. So I'm just not going to tell anybody. So I go home and I didn't say anything to Alex for like hours. And he always knows because we talk all the time. He always knows something's like up if I don't say anything. Absolutely. And so he was like, well, what's going on? And I was like, you're not going to believe me if I tell you. So I don't want to tell you. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yes, I will. And I was like, it's very supernatural. You're not going to believe me if I tell you. And so 
I finally just broke down and told him the whole story. And I was like, I mean, I don't know what the baby is, and I'm fine either way it goes, but they said that it was a girl, and she's going to be a star. And so I just think that it's so ironic that this is it's Black Music Month. My dad's a music promoter. I just so happened to choose this song. The song is made in 1967. I mean, the Archibald and the Drills was made in 1967. When was this one made? I'll look it up. We'll have to find that. But this song just, like I said, it chose me. So anyway, so I didn't tell anybody about this dream. And then yesterday at the gender reveal, people kept asking us what we were having, what what, what we thought we were having, any inclination. And um, I felt... 67. The song was in 67? 67. Which one? Um, Zombie. Zombie was in 67 too? Released in 66. uh, 76. 76, I'm sorry. 76. So Zombie, the song was released in 76. 76. Mm-hmm. And Archibald and the Drills was released 67. in 67. <clears throat> Again, like, it's so crazy that I really want to go talk to a medium now. <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's very strange that, like, he, my dad has channeled this child. And so, honestly, after I finished this daydream... The only thing that made me calm about it, because I was really freaked out about it afterwards, because I've never had a daydream that was that in-depth and that vivid. And so um, the only thing that kept me calm was the Disney movie Soul and how souls choose us. And so I just think this soul, like, was there with all the other souls, and it was there with my daddy and... Your grandma, I'm sure Prince and Michael Jackson and all the artists that my daddy loved had something to do with this, too, because somehow she's going to be a star. We know that. Um, And she'll listen to this one day and she'll be like, gosh, y'all really were crazy. But y'all were telling the truth. The ancestors did orchestrate all this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad we are recording it because we'll see it all come to fruition. But it's just really wild because, um, yeah, so it's just. It's so crazy, but Soul just reminded me that movie when they were all in heaven trying to choose if at the end when they were like, I don't know if when the soul said, I don't know if I want to go. And then all the other ancestors and the souls were like, you got this. You're going. You've chosen like the right people. And so I think this soul like chose us um, at the right time. And but it was chosen by the right people. And the life has already been orchestrated. And when I say that God gives you a supernatural power after you lose a loved one, you also have to be open to the supernatural power. Otherwise, you don't. It's hard to cope and continue living. Mm -hmm. And so I think because I'm open to the supernatural power, my dad is fine communicating with me. Um, Because he always communicates with me in strange ways. We've got a wind chime on our porch that says whenever it blows, he's here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, my daddy's at the door. (laughs) But I think you also have to be open to, like, the actual belief that these people are communicating with us. And so yesterday, when we found out we were having a girl, mm-hmm. I've been shook ever since then. I haven't even posted on social media because I'm still shook. And then this morning... Shooketh. <laughs> this morning when we go to brunch and I was, like, talking to my family and I was like, I'll let y'all hear the song... And Valerie's like, oh, yeah, I love that song. You know, just her familiarity with the song Mm -hmm. just further confirms that this is 
Like, yeah. he was speaking to me through that song. When you were telling me the story and, like, describing the people that were in the beginning part of the dream, your father, my grandmother, my granddad, your granddad, those particular people right there, we automatically said uh, all of those, all of them would have been friends had they known each other anyway. Yeah. And my dad's parents were there too. My daddy always said I yeah. acted like Johnny May. Mm-hmm. And Johnny May was like, there she go, Emerson. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, it was just, I forgot that part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my dad's mom was there too. I never got to meet my dad's mom, but daddy used to always say I acted just like her. He was like, you never met her, but you are Johnny May in the flesh. And so it's just so crazy that I wonder if he ever had any of these kind of dreams from his mom because he lost his mom when he was my age, when he was 27. And he talked about him. Yeah. As if she was here sometimes. Yeah. Like, I I specifically remember conversations where, you know, he was talking about, you know, her in the present tense, mm-hmm. in a sense, yeah. you know. Um, and I feel like that was one of those things to where when you were saying that he saw her through you, in a sense, it was just that it was, it was, I think, a soul, an ancestor that was assigned to you to get you to where you needed to be. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This little girl that we're going to have has a whole flock of people that's assigned to her, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And again, it's going back to the 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 uh the initial conversation I was when I said, like, you know, I've never been that type to, you know, look at the spirits and the ancestors, but when it hits you and it's your time to see it to your point, if you feel a certain way and you have these visions, you have these inclinations, whatever the case may be, don't suppress them. No. Don't suppress them. If you have a dream, don't suppress it. You got to let it ride. You got to let it go. You got to let it be what it's supposed to be. You got to let it flourish. You got to let it grow to the big tree, to the big fish, to whatever it is it needs to be and just let it go and never ever suppress it. Um, when you told me the story, when you told me that dream, when you told me that vision, I automatically believed it. Automatically. Um, and when I was having conversations, you know, even about, you know, the baby, whatever the case may be, um, I never wanted to say boy. I wanted a boy. All right? I, 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 I can say that I wanted a boy. But some told me, I was like, well, after that, the assignment is a girl. You know what I mean? I feel like that—that's what the assignment was. That's—that's that's the but soul. Her assignment that is bigger than all us. of that. It is, it, which it, is it, really crazy. Is. It is, and it's so. beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, babe, yeah. I love you so much. Yeah, I love Thank you. Thank you for you know opening up to tell the story this one time because I do feel like it's very very important, and I do want to see our child, baby sweet, the one that is not named yet, <laughs> <laughs> the boy that is not named yet. To see that, hey, look, you know, you was chosen before me and your mom even knew. Before we even knew what was supposed to happen, the ancestors above, God above already knew, had a plan for your life. And they were up there already celebrating. Mm-hmm. Already prepared for you to come to this world and make a major impact on this earth. Mm-hmm. So and Carry the legacy. Carry the legacy. Create a new one. Yeah. You know, um, and all of the above. I thought that was a beautiful story, babe. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, and I thought that was beautiful. You got anything else you want to you want you want to add to it before I close it out? It's just gonna be really cool to see mm-hmm. all of it unfold 
I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll continue from even this thinking, wow, because uh, we'll still we'll be shook for a long time, because she will surprise us with her talents and she'll surprise us with what she wants to do with her life, and she's she's ours, but she's not. She's God's. Period. She's God's. This has been another. This is a bonus. Like I said, of as I recall, this is you know, a very behind-the-scenes, in-depth conversation with my beautiful queen, Jasmine Sweet, um, recalling a vision that she had and one that we'll hold fast to and always remember, always to go back to and reflect on, too, as soon as little baby gets older. We could say, hey, oh, we knew. Go back and listen to this right here. Pops knew. <laughs> yeah. Your grandfather that you never met, he knew. Your great-grandmother that you never met. Oh, I forgot one part of it. Please. I feel like, and that's why I said, I should have written this down a long time ago, but. That's why we're here. I want you to get, listen, this is supposed to be on wax. pregnancy days keep going. Give it all to us. But I just remember, remember I told you Brooklyn and all the kids were with her too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Brooklyn was like a ballerina and she was dancing across the stage and they were all doing incredible things. Jace was there and baby Emerson and Levi. And McKenna just, all the kids were there. And, like, it's just so crazy because at the end of the daydream, everybody was, like I said, physical and spiritual. We're all present on that stage. And it was just beautiful because my daddy actually did get to meet Brooklyn and he got to meet Jace. If I recall, too, during that, because we were talking about location, and I wanted to say, didn't you mention something about Carnegie Hall? Yeah. So, yeah, we were at Carnegie. That's where it was, Carnegie yeah. Hall, New York City. We were on the Carnegie stage. So, funny so the, story about Carnegie. Valerie's already, Go ahead. Yeah. Valerie's Go ahead. been on the Carnegie stage. Tell the story. Go ahead. You can tell it. No, no, you, please. And They've so, heard my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. My sister Valerie sold out Carnegie Hall in New York, and the whole family, yeah, 2014, the whole family, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody was there for the show. And it's just so Valerie doesn't have any children and she's she's so excited about baby sweet. And she's like, that's basically my baby, too. Um, But it's just interesting because when we were at Carnegie Hall, my daddy was like up front, right in front of Valerie, dancing across the stage. And security came and we're like, who is this man? She was like, it's fine. It's my daddy. And he was dancing back and forth. And everybody that bought tickets to come to that Carnegie Hall show just stood up in the audience and everybody was dancing too. So he just kind of, he had that energy. But I even think about Valerie's career and everything that everybody in this family is doing, like Jason and even down to baby Brooklyn and baby Jace. And I just think that everybody's going to be a part of her story, baby sweet story. So, I mean, she won't have a problem getting on a stage. That's why I know it's not a far-fetched idea because her whole family has been on stages, especially my side of the family. They've been on stages across the world. So I think that she, Valerie's just paving the way. So, yeah. But she'll she'll be up there. She'll be up there. That was beautiful, babe. Thank With you. With all her little cousins and mm-hmm. her little brothers and sisters. Family. Yeah. Family. Well, this has been another conclusion of, as I recall, um, Again, thank y'all for listening to this. I'll say this. Let me leave you with this point right here. I'm going to kind of swish up just a little bit. Um, 
We kind of said it already. But first of all, there's power in words. There's, there is power in putting things out in the universe in order for them to get to where they need to go and actually be fulfilled. If you have a vision or a passion, you have a dream, if there's something that you want to do, don't suppress it. And don't be afraid to speak on it. I think it's very, very important for us to start speaking on things. It does two things, in my opinion. A, one, what it does is it holds one accountable. Accountability is very, very important. But also, things don't become real until we say it. Everything that's in your mind is not real until you put it on wax, writing it, it down, whatever it is. Don't be afraid of it. Go to it. Run to it. Don't be afraid to fail. I'm going to have some conversations later on about like not, not, not uh, being afraid to fail, um, but in, in, in not tricking yourself about being afraid. Because a lot of people trick themselves. This is a whole, a whole other conversation. And shout out to, um, what's the guy's name, Chris, that we were talking about earlier? Um, David Goggins. About, you know, embracing that fear because we all have a fear but you have to just go towards it and deal with it and figure out how you're going to get through it you know not making excuses on why you're not going to do something but figure out how i'm gonna do it fail try it again but anyways i i, I digress I, i'll go deep into this rabbit hole but i won't get there yet but uh in conclusion speak those things into existence all right i'm, I'm a big believer in that um again this is another episode of as i recall um Share your thoughts. Again, you can find me at on Instagram, Mr. A Sweet on Twitter, A dot sweet handle at shock the world. That's at S-H-O-K-H the world. That's how you spell it. At S-H-O-K-H the world. Shock the world. Thank you again. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you at? They already yeah. know. Heck, you're famous. <laughs> I'm not famous. <laughs> they know. Baby Sweet's more famous than I am. You can find me at Jasmine Katrina, like Hurricane Katrina. Like Hurricane Katrina. Lord, I, I met so many friends because of Hurricane Katrina. Being displaced <laughs> at Houston High School. And what was it, 07? 05? 2005, man. That's another conversation for another day. Another, as I recall, episode right there. Those that were impacted by Hurricane Katrina came to me. It's another conversation. Thank y'all so much. I'll go ahead and end it like this right here, real quick. And let's get on out of here. Order.